This is the Straight Dope, episode 22, breaking the ah, fuck it cycle. Talking about sight picture. I told you I wanted to go back and revisit some of the classic fundamentals and talk about what I'm seeing with people's targets. Recently, I've had an opportunity to look at quite a few targets, and as expected, their rifle craft numbers were around a four. Remember, I get to see people who care about their shootings targets, and a lot of those people spend time shooting steel at distance and don't quite understand the effect of their ability to shoot small at 100 and how that carries over to hit percentage at distance. Being able to bring your craft number down directly translates to your ability to raise your hit percentage, and it's very hard to do it if you don't understand that component. What I noticed, though, is that a lot of these shooters had the capability. They were performing a couple operations to a level that I think can be improved very quickly, and that's what I'm calling the fuck it cycle. When those shooters built their positions, whether or not they were as stable as they could be, they just decided to shoot anyway. And doing that is fun. It's easy to do and it's easy to develop a habit where you say, ah, fuck it, I'm just going to take the shot. But that prints on paper and it becomes part of your permanent record, so to speak. I think you need to log all of your targets. I think when you're running drills and practicing, when you're doing dry fire or when you're at the range and you screw up, you need to carry that screw up all the way through the exercise that you had planned. Just like when you have a failure or some sort of thing happens in life, you have to continue on. You have to carry through because that's where the learning takes place. When you're shooting paper at 100, it's the same thing. You know that your rifle might shoot quarter inch, but you don't shoot quarter inch. So you shoot a drill. You say, ah, I pulled that shot left. Oh, that's a flyer. That's this. You start coming up with lots of excuses and your rifle craft number is four. But when you remove four of those, all of a sudden it's closer to a one. And you think, okay, well, I'm basically a one shooter. Problem is, 60% of your shots might be that. And the other 40% aren't. And when you go to a match, you score 60%. And have to come up with a whole new set of reasons uh, why 40% of the shots were not impacts. So let's think about that. I'm seeing a lot of people say, fuck it, and just break the shot. Why? I don't know. It falls back to me on sight picture. You should have a standard for your sight picture that you're willing to break a shot and not just break a shot before you meet that acceptable standard. To me, that standard is more often than not, no wobble. If there is wobble, I'm talking about a tenth of wobble, something that I'm attributing to the mechanical stability of the system that I'm, and the platform that I'm shooting on and not just, ah, I can't get it. Because if it isn't, you need to rebuild the position and establish a sight picture that is acceptable prior to actually breaking the shot. And you might think, well, that's what I do. But I'm seeing that with so many shooters and I think that that's a big component of the missed shots on small plates, on paper, and so on and so forth. It's close enough. Close enough isn't good enough. We want no wobble, and we want a perfect shot process breaking it. When I look out to experts that I often refer to and reference for ideas, 
and ways to continue thinking about this stuff. Usually I fall back on Brian Litz, Frank Galley, and Ryan Kleckner. Ryan Kleckner says that you have to focus on the things that you can control. And one of those things is focusing on the reticle. And another thing is focusing on your ability to stabilize that position, your ability to choose whether that you can take that shot or choose not to and rebuild it. Now, I understand that it compromises your ability to get a dozen shots off in 90 seconds, 100%. And that's something that I personally struggle with because I don't shoot PRS. I'm a slow shooter. If you put me in that environment, I will not be able to compete against the top shooters like Morgan, Morgan, um, Matt Alwain, John Pinch. Those guys are unbelievably stable, unbelievably fast, and they're able to do this. But they, I guarantee you, they are not compromising shot process components. They're not compromising sight picture components when they're shooting. It's just that they refine that and train it to a level that they're able to perform it on the fly very effectively. And I think that that's where a lot of us are dropping the ball when put under those time constraints and stressors. Now, it's an area that I'm trying to improve, but it takes time. It takes effort. When you build a position, that position needs to be stable. You need to understand the mechanical capability of the system, and that comes from dry firing and building a position and making sure that you are able to get a sight picture that has no wobble so that when you do build it, you know I'm building a position that has a tenth or none or two tenths so that you understand that going in and that you're able to assess, is this a good position? Well, when you check your NPA, there's no wobble. That's good. When you look at the mechanical wobble, is does it meet those criteria? That's good. Then you start your shot process, but don't ever say fuck it because you're responsible for the round and you're also trying to get better. It's expensive. When you say fuck it and send a dollar down the range, that that seems like um, a waste of time and money. And then that usually instigates or 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 perpetuates a thought process that we need to turn around. That thought process is not accepting patterns of behavior that contribute to the things that we don't want. We need to turn around and create that mindset of, I'm going to achieve the outcome that I'm here to achieve. For me, it's hit percentage for shots taken because I'm not trying to go faster. Uh, That does have an effect on scores. If I go to a competition like the local ones, some shots I'm not taking because I'm not building adequate positions in the given time. It's something that I'm trying to get faster at, but I'm not compromising the shots that I take simply for speed. You have to achieve those levels of stability, and that starts with sight picture because you control the position that you're building. You control the decision to actually take a shot, and your eyes have the ability to determine and assess whether the reticle is moving on the target within the parameters that are acceptable or not, that sight picture as a fundamental is your yardstick of, can I take this shot? If it's wiggling like crazy, it's probably a better idea to rebuild the position, take another breath, assess your fundamentals and your natural point of aim, 
and not take the shot until it's completely adequate than just shooting. Because even if you hit the target and it's wobbling, you don't know if it was a good wind call, you don't know if it was just luck, and that doesn't promote growth as a marksman. That's just a point. And points really don't mean anything. Skill means everything. And if you take the time to layer in the correct thought process that'll achieve success down the road, I would be willing to sacrifice all the points today so that tomorrow I have a higher hit percentage. Now before I go on, I want to remind you that you can support this podcast financially by going to riflecraft.com, R-I-F-L-E-K-R-A-F-T dot com and subscribing for what amounts to a couple drinks a month. I would buy you a few coffees, I would buy you a few beers for a few bucks a month. You can help support this podcast. You can log your targets so that you can see a quantifiable track record. You can get analytics. You can do multiple firearms. You can have access to articles and subscriber-only podcast episodes that explicitly detail tips and tricks to focus on ways to bring your craft number down, make better wind calls, so on and so forth. You can buy shirts. We're going to be layering in a couple more, uh, the Secret Squirrel shirt from the Nutsack and the Topographic Field Hunter shirt is coming in the next week or two. Uh, And that goes a long way towards helping this podcast benefiting your own shooting by further tracking, further analytics, and access to things that will help you get better as a shooter. And it's voting with your wallet by saying, I support this. I want this to continue. This is making me better. I know people like the podcast. The numbers are growing exponentially. And it would be really cool if you helped out by voting with your wallet. So, What do some of the specific tricks look like that I talk about? Well, I'm going to give you one right now. When I went to a competition this last weekend up in Cheyenne, I talked about it in the podcast released yesterday, the Wyco League. Sam Carlson runs an amazing match. And we had a couple tripod stages. I noticed that shooters were willing to build tripod positions that weren't as stable as they could be. And one of the things that I noticed was how the position was built with the bag. When you video yourself building positions, do you just plop the bag down and kind of pat it with your hand like you're, you're patting somebody's back? Because that doesn't really take the fill of that bag and get some of the movement out of it. When I see good shooters put their bags down, they throw them down. They set them down hard. They smack them. When they put their rifles on it, they put it down aggressively to take some of the wobble out. And then if... You build that position, muzzle down, and pull the rifle up into the sight picture. Oftentimes, the stock and the chassis lifts off the bag in the front, making the base of support smaller. Rather than shooters that seem to have more experience and knowledge with it, as you wait and drive the rifle forward into the bag, if you have muzzle higher than the target and bring it down, not only are you driving the magazine into the back of the bag, but you're also driving the chassis and stock down into the bag in the front, which provides support from the top as well as the back. So now you're forming an L, and that L of support is more stable than 
just simply patting the bag and plopping the rifle down on the back. If you don't have top and rear support on the bag, you're compromising your ability to build a more stable shooting platform, and you'll benefit from analyzing this and practicing it into your shot process a lot. I guarantee it. So film yourself. Build a position, analyze it, and then build the position where you rock the rifle into the bag with rear and top support down, maximizing the base of support rather than lifting the front of the rifle up and drawing back the amount of support that your chassis has on that bag. I guarantee you'll see improvements in rifle stability, and when the rifle's more stable, your shot numbers will come down and your hit percentages will go up. So try that. Let me know how it works. Remember, go to the website, subscribe, share, and get out there, put in the work, and see the results.